ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até I'm Keaton Parks. Listen to the Benfica podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dog Benfica podcast, episode number 328. Uh, my name is Alfredo Fumasas. With me tonight, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, diz olá, senhores. Olá, senhores e senhoras e meninos e meninas, todo mundo. Muito obrigado por mais uma vez estarmos a escutar aqui no Benfica podcast. And also another Oliveira that's uh, uh, with us up north, as you know him. Dave Stats, also known as uh, Dave de Oliveira for his closest friends. What's happening? How's it? Uh, great to be back here tonight, boys. Uh, another week, another podcast like uh, Steve Santos used to say, but uh, great to be back on. That's right. Our second podcast of the season. And on the agenda for tonight or on the menu, if you will, we will look back at both the Anderlecht game and Academica. We won't get too much into it, but we'll just offer some general thoughts on what we saw and some of the new players and, and what we could expect. We'll also um, look ahead at uh, the Benfica USA Tour. Benfica's already uh, stateside in U.S. soil out in the West Coast, and they'll be, be playing three games, as you know, so we'll get a little bit into that. Also, Cristiano uh, got a chance to uh, to catch up with Keaton Parks. We'll have also a little bit of, uh, of the interview that Cristiano did with Keaton Parks, get his thoughts, uh, and catch up with Keaton Parks. So that's what we'll have. Also, little... Uh, Tidbits of, of, of news uh, that have come up that we'll discuss. Salvio, Matteo Perin, Heriberto, uh, so on and so forth. So let's get right into it. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, uh, we're not going to be spending too much time on, on both the Anderlecht game and uh, the Academica game, but we'll just offer some thoughts. Benfica back in action, kicking the ball uh, officially, if you want to call it, 54 days later after um, wrapping up... Um, the championship and uh look these are preseason games lots of uh uh of uh, tiredness on the legs heavy legs uh you also have a lot of changes and a lot of uh a lot of changes in personnel a lot of substitutions that kills the the, the game rhythm just to give guys some some minutes some reps out there uh so that's what we saw and they like obviously has been uh, in is at a different stage of the preseason, so they're a little bit more advanced than than Benfica are. Nonetheless, a good test for Benfica. What it was is Cristiano, that pitch at Stadio Luz. Uh, we came to find out that there was uh, some kind of mech safety mechanism that didn't alert, uh, and for some reason the water wasn't didn't get the, the water. The grass didn't get water for two days. Um, the sprinklers that were somehow damaged. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, that was absolutely embarrassing. But uh, look, they did have a reasonable answer. If the sprinkler system is not working properly, I'm pretty sure uh, at nighttime while the sprinklers are coming on, there's there's no one at the side of the loose. So they were unable to see what the problem was. Hopefully that will be that will be taken care of when the start of the season comes. We get that beautiful patch of green grass that we're accustomed to at the side of the loose. But yeah, it was not a good look on TV, man. That, that was just like a patch job and uh, not very appealing to the eye. Yeah. So the end, Anderlecht game not only served as also 
served as the the official presentation to the fans uh, of the team, but it also served as Zebu Cup, if I'm not mistaken. They 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 threw that in, um, and then the special special moment, uh, Jonas, uh, um, goodbye. So it was is a sad moment for all Benficistas, Dave. How did you how did you see this whole thing this this whole Jonas thing? We had spoken about Jonas last week. Uh, we had mentioned some of his stats, if I if I do recall correctly. Uh, but uh, you know, we kind of knew this was going. Yeah, you know what? And I think it's um, uh, you can look at it in a way that it was a, a sad uh, moment uh, Jonas's career was ending. But I, actually, I was quite uh, happy and proud how the club handled the uh, presentation you know um the last two guys that come to my mind uh julio cesar and luisa the club didn't really get it uh correct on those ends they the both players ended up leaving without the fans having to uh say their goodbyes per se i know the the club did a little ceremony for luisa but if i'm not mistaken that was uh in a closed door uh stadium so with jonas i think they got it right uh had a um a game for him, if you want to call it, where the fans get, got to say their goodbyes. He got to say their goodbyes to uh, the fans. And I, I think the club actually, uh, for once, um, got it all right. And uh, I was uh, proud of the ceremony. It wasn't actually sad. It, it was happy to see how it was all handled. Dave, I called I called Alfredo as 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 the ceremony uh, was starting on BTV. You know, see Jonas come out, get very emotional. And Alfredo's my witness. I said to him, Look, I love Jonas, and you guys that have listened to the podcast uh, for for years now know uh, my affection to Jonas. You know that I, I thought about this guy; he'd be an absolute superstar since day one. And I, like you said, Dave, it was a proud moment to see Benfica finally recognize a player that's been fantastic for this club since he's arrived since day one. And I was very happy to see it. But I mentioned to Alfredo, uh, you know, Luizão spent fifteen or sixteen years, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, fifteen at Benfica, and he didn't get this 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 goodbye. Now, Julius Cesar, phenomenal for Benfica. Thank him for all he did. I was okay with the way they kind of handled it, but I thought Luis Zone deserved a lot more um, than what he did from Benfica. Hey, Chris, let me ask you this, and and probably you're you're a little bit uh, more in tune or more used to seeing this type of thing than I am. There's the the clubs in England do a game that they call the testimonial game, right? So it's not really an official game the game is not part of the season, but it's a game to honor players. Uh, now, uh, if we, uh, Dave mentioned Luis Dave mentioned Julie Cesar, but we're, we're forgetting another guy that was instrumental in Benfica's success in the past decade, which was Cardozo, which was a guy that never really got a, a, a the send off that he would, that he expected or that he deserved. We're talking about the, the, Foreigner with the most goals scored with the Benfica jersey in the whole history of Benfica. Do you think that, that that perhaps Benfica should embrace this idea of having a testimonial game, even if it's uh, already after the player has retired? How do these testimonial uh, games go? Is it former glories? Is it current players? How does it go? It's more complicated in the Cardozo uh, situation, right? Because he's going from Benfica, he's still going to another team. He has to play, still a professional, still playing um, at a very competitive level. In this situation with a Jonas, with a Luizan, with other guys, you're talking about testimonials in, in the UK and other countries. 
players are retiring. And then obviously, whether it's a preseason friendly or just a game that that's, you know, an opportunity to, to, to for the fans to see their their heroes up close and personal for the very last time. It, it, so the situations vary. So right now, um, the, the Cardozo thing, I'm not surprised. I look at some point, I think Benfica will in the future bring him inside the loose for him to have an opportunity to say goodbye and, and go out his way with the Benfica faithful. Um, and the one that really surprised me, as I mentioned before, is Luis Zon. You know, Jonas, obviously, he's retiring. It was very easy to do. Uh, but while players are still, you know, in the middle of their careers and, and making moves, I'm pretty sure their next clubs that, that these players are going to bring their services to don't want to participate in, you know, in a friendly or preseason exhibition match, whatever it is, because of, uh, you know, they're afraid of injuries. Uh, but I, I do expect Benfica to at some point uh, once uh, Cardozo stops scoring goals, because the guy is still scoring goals at a magnificent rate. <laughs> uh, no matter where he got, where he goes, the guy scores goals. So once he does uh, hang him up, I do think Benfica will bring him in and, and give him his day of recognition. Yeah, I certainly hope that uh, both Luizão and, and Cardozo and even Julie said. I thought bring up Eliseu. And that's yeah, well, what I thought. Mr. Popsick, I thought that's uh, who but, Alfredo was going to talk I, about when he exactly. talked about a legend. Yeah, yeah but Eliseu <laughs> now holds, a, 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 I guess, a special place in, in Benfica history, right? So he has made his return with the Vish, but nobody had seen Eliseu for the whole entire year. Nobody had heard a peep. Nobody. There was no official confirmation that Eliseu had, had uh, retired, and now he shows up. But what he did now is that he opens the door for every year that Benfica celebrates the title. Eliseu is a uh, Stade de Luz with his Vespa. So I think Eliseu is kind of he's kind of now forced his way in. He's part to, of the ceremony. He's part absolutely. of absolutely. So, so I, to come out with a vest, like, that's, that's kind of I don't, and I think that that's perhaps uh, the the biggest thing that Eliseo could get from the club is to be able for the club to be allow him to come on a field and celebrate with the players in that memorable, the mem memorable way, and that he's now immortalized. That I don't think anybody will forget that so soon, uh, especially the first year, but. This is what Liseu uh, opened up. But I, I just wanted to to mention the Jonas thing. I agree uh, with you guys. I thought the club got it absolutely right. And I do. I hope that the club, uh, when when Cardozo retires, that they get a chance to to have some kind of testimonial game along with Luizão. And I know that Luizão is still connected to the club and, and fans still show the, is a, their appreciation for Luizão. But still, I would I would love to see those guys uh those guys come in and, and have some kind of a, an exhibition match. Yeah, the Luisa one was the one that, that that really leaves me confused. I'm surprised that there wasn't a bigger fanfare. I'm surprised they didn't make a bigger uh, moment out of the you know out of that opportunity that they had to, to get the fans closer to Luisa. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's won the most chips uh, championships at Benfica, a guy who was a captain uh, for a very long time, a guy who's very dedicated to Benfica. Whether you want to hold it against them that he was trying to negotiate his way out to get salary raises, whatever. Look, it's part of being a professional. Can't fault the guy. The fact of the matter is that he spent a very long time at the club, and I thought Benfica owed him a little bit more. As far as Elisel, I love Julius Cesar, man. You guys, Alfredo, you know that. I love Julius Cesar. Yeah. You have to be very careful. You can't just go around and, and having these these games and matches for a guy that spends two, three years at the club. I know Jonas is four years or five years, but it was, it was at a very, very high level. Uh, he was a huge part 
and conquering titles and a huge part in, in getting Benfica to, to, you know, to where they wanted to be. He uh, Had he stayed, if it wasn't for injuries, you know, he probably most likely would have broken Cardozo's record with most goals for a foreigner. He was on that path. It just, unfortunately, his back gave out on him. And those are special players. You can't just be... Yeah and having you know uh these 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 farewell games for 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 anyone and I'm not calling Eliseo anyone but look he was a nice player he wasn't Moforaceti a guy that's forever gonna stay in the Benfica record books I mean I think most of us <laughs> most of us now remember Pop as the guy with the Vispa a lot more than we do for him playing in the field you know what I'm saying he's more remembered for that um so we have to take all the generation no, no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And and I think that Julie Cesar fits in that. Yeah, he's a guy that was world class, did play for Benfica, but didn't have, have perhaps the impact sure. that both Jonas and Cardozo's had. Very short. Two, two, two and a half years that he, you know, if you really want to uh, call out his stats, I believe it was two years where he's for sure starter. And then I think the 30, that's where he got hurt or whatever, started splitting minutes, whatever the hell it was. But didn't have the longevity. And I know Jonah's longevity wasn't that long, but come on. You could tell the guy, he was a different class. He was a different beast. When you saw Jonas play, you could tell that this guy uh, belongs up there with the greats that ever that I have uh, ever put on a Benfica uh, jersey. Yeah, so absolutely. So getting back into the game, uh, and the biggest thing that I wanted to touch up and, and get your guys' opinion is uh, we got a chance to, to see uh, the, was it, Three guys that Benfica picked up, Caio Lucas, uh, Raul de Tomas, and Kadish. Um, what did, Dave, I'll start with you. What What did you think? Is, was, are these two games enough for you to form an opinion on who's going to be a good acquisition and who's going to be just okay? Um, two, two games is a small sample size, especially like you mentioned with all the, uh, squad rotation that's happening during the match. So you got to give it, uh, take it with a little grain of salt, but, uh, so far from what I've seen, um, not really impressed with, uh, Kyle Lukash. Um, like we were talking before the podcast started, uh, in a way I, it, to me, it looks like a Rafa light or a, a diet, uh, Rafa because, uh, He's got all that Jenga, uh, but no finish or just tries to do too much uh, himself. Uh, RDT, uh, well, still, like I said, got to give him some more time and some more opportunity with the uh, starting 11. But um, the two goals that he banged in in the second game, I don't think he'll score uh, an easier two goals than uh, he did in those two uh, games there. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know uh, Rafa from two seasons ago would have missed those two opportunities. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very possible. The, the way I look at, at Kyle Lucas is I think that he's perhaps a salvio uh, in between knee injuries. As you know, uh, Salvi had two knee injuries, and, and each time that he had this, the, the knee injuries, it seems to take a little bit out of his explosiveness. So what I've seen so far from Kyle Lucas is a guy that has explosiveness, that's also strong physically, uh, and that could has one-on-one skills. Now, I've yet to, to develop a really good uh, opinion on Kyle Lucas, and I'm hoping that this USA Tour will allow me to get a, a better look at him. But this is where I perhaps place him right now. I don't know about Rafa Light because Rafa is, is super speedy, smaller guy, not as physical. And I think that Kyle Lucas can handle uh, physically. I think he can handle himself. Uh, in regards to uh, Raul de Tomas, look, 
it's important to get those those goals under your belt, regardless of how easy they were, because all that does is is help your confidence. If you guys recall last season when we had Ferreira, when we had Castillo, when we had Seferovic, those guys struggled early on to get something going. They had some injury issues. They had some some issues where they weren't getting playing time. And I think that uh, even into perhaps the first quarter of the season last season uh Rui Vitoria didn't really know who his starting center forward was and then here comes Seferovic without playing one game in the preseason and really grabbed the spot but I think that it's very important for guys to, especially forwards to get uh goals under their belt because that helps their confidence Cristiano yeah I mean look look it's it's a little bit too early guys I mean I I, I got I haven't been um you know, absolutely thrilled with what I've seen so far, to be brutally honest. But I think it's early. Uh, not only is it early in preseason, guys, it's early. You know, they just arrived at Benfica. They're still trying to adapt. They're st still trying to get comfortable uh, with their surroundings, um, get to know their teammates. So it's going to take an adjustment period. Uh, but as long as they keep gradually getting better each game, I think that's what Bruno Lage and all of us Benfica should be looking forward to. And, you know, we'll be able to give you a little bit more of a detailed, um, you know, uh, opinion on these players in the next couple of weeks. We're going to get to see them up and close and personal. Um, and, you know, we'll be able to to judge these guys because we'll be able to see them off camera. A lot of times now you see them on camera and, and, and it's a totally different animal when you get to see a player up close and personal. So we'll do that. You know, we don't want to be irresponsible right now. At least I don't. Um, and giving you my honest uh, opinion on these guys. And, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to doing so. But, you know, they've shown flashes, but they've also shown a couple of um, a couple of, of, you know, there's just some reservation there on a couple of. of yeah. Of their movements and, and, and you know decisions with the ball, but again, I'm just glad that they're they're healthy and that they're going to have an opportunity to impress us all up close and personal. Yeah, and uh, we I didn't mention Chiquinho on purpose because I think uh -huh. that. All three of us agree that Chiquinho is a good acquisition. Uh, we were familiar with Chiquinho. We're familiar with what Chiquinho can bring to this team. It's a shame that he didn't get an opportunity last year, but I think it kind of played in his favor, right? Because uh, he got a taste of it. Uh, he went to Mourinho's understanding that Benfica had an option. Uh, so we worked very hard to make sure uh, that not only he met his personal goals, he helped his team, but also that at the end of the season, Benfica would have a look at him and consider him for this year's team. And that's what Benfica did. So I, I get it with him going out, and I think it really helped him a lot. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't even know if Rui Vitoria would know what to do. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I think last season, I think last season, uh, you would have had a, a tough time cracking, cracking the the rotation, let alone the starting eleven. And look, to his credit, you have to really praise the kid because a lot of kids, once they get uh, turned down, for, you know, at a big club, they kind of take that as a demotion. They take it as a rejection, and they're not themselves. And he went out to Murudense, did what he had to do, played his best to to the best of his abilities. Uh, so much so that not just Benfica, but other clubs throughout Europe were interested in his services. And he kept the right mindset. He used that as an opportunity to get better, and that's exactly what we want to see with any uh youngster at Benfica uh going forward. And you know, at any point, because that's that's a fantastic uh right you know mentality to have yeah look some guys just resigned themselves to think that you know i got my chance at the highest level i didn't make it 
uh, and they don't think they're going to get another chance like that again. And and some guys don't, and other guys just are strong mentally that uh, they'll keep working, and they know that they could get another chance. So kudos to him. But that's not we're not we're not spending too much time on Shikinu because I know what he can bring to this team, and I think that even if he's not a starter, he's a guy that can give a lot. Uh, to this team. So we'll see. The other guy that I'm not convinced on is Kadish. Um, and he picked up a, a, an injury against um, against Underleck, and he was not able to play against the Kadamika, but I'm I'm still not uh, I'm still not convinced uh, with him. Uh, and Dave, I don't know how you feel if you've seen enough of him. Uh, I know that Cristiano is, is still undecided in regards to Kadish. I'm not undecided. I've made up my decision. I thought I thought last week we discussed that he's probably going to get loaned out and he wasn't going to stick around with this uh, senior squad going uh, going forward. So he got his minutes and he's probably looking at a, a loan uh, out of the club. Yeah. No, I I agree. We've 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 seen his uh, contribution to Benfica. Alive against Sanderlake and his Benfica career, I think uh, we've seen uh, all he's gonna offer. <laughs> yeah, no, um, absolutely. The game, absolutely. Of, uh, the, the, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you, man. I to me, this guy doesn't say anything to me. I, I know it's still early, uh, but we have seen him at Stubel. Um, it's not like he was. He's a Tabata. What's what's his name? The guy from Portimonense, Cristiano, that you said that you you were kind of high on him. Tabata was. It? Yeah, it. He was no Tabata. Uh, he's not a guy that he's not a Diego Souza. Uh, so it, it's hard to, to figure out why Bifiga went to get him. But considering what we have seen throughout these past seasons of Benfica buying guys, whether it's to um bail out a club that's in debt or whatever, uh, or to, to I don't know. These deals Befica does all the time, uh, and they never even put on a Befica jersey, and they're out and, and they're gone. Uh, so that falls right in line with the mode that we have seen from Befica. I just don't think he has uh, he has uh, the caliber to play for Befica, but we'll, we'll see. A, he's an interesting prospect. You know, he's big, he's physical, he's mobile, uh, but he's just right now. As we speak right now, I don't think he's been figured caliber. It's not to say that, you know, he won't develop that. He's still 23. He won't develop that. He won't go to other teams and maybe in a year, two years time that that he'll be ready. But right now, I think he's it's just it's just not his time. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I'm not the coach, obviously, but Elijah's the one making decisions. But, you know, we're here. We get paid the big bucks to give you our assessment on, these. <laughs> you know, and I got to earn my salary. Yeah. And in regards to this uh, to this academic uh, uh, game, Benfica playing academic who is in uh, Portugal's uh, second division or or third division second second Spe- division second division and, and regardless of being preseason you're playing against a, a team from second division which some of these guys uh, I don't know if they have other jobs not nah, second division you're, you're no, making no, a those living. guys are professional. you're making a living those you're making a living professionals but uh, I, I'm not even surprised by um by the but the scoreline, I know it was it's preseason, so on and so forth. There was a lot of mistakes. There was a lot of giveaways by Academica. But look, this is the type of results that I expect when Benfica goes and plays Montalegre. Uh, you know, you play a second division team, uh, regardless of that team's history. There's a huge gap between uh, the level of talent of your players and the level and talent of the other team's uh, players. So, this eight nothing scoreline is perfectly normal for me. Albeit in the preseason, so take it for where it will, for what you will. I 
the biggest thing for me is for the team to have the confidence for the for the for the uh, goal scorers to to build up that confidence. And uh, we saw Conti. Conti scored two goals. Uh, it, it's great for him because that battle for the center back position, that battle, Chris, that battle is going to be tight. You think so? For the for the backup. Well, I, for, for the, the backup, backup, I mean, because I look as good as Conti might be this 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 summer and this preseason, I seriously doubt he's going to take any minutes away from Ferro or uh, Ruben Diaz. Well, so I, I let me ask you this: Who, Who's your center back pairing right now? Who do you go to start the season? Starts tomorrow. Who do you go? That's that's got me. Who do you go with? Who's your center back pairing? Ferro Ruben Diaz. Did, did did any of those guys get transferred while I was like? No. So then that I mean is they they were my starting center back pair last year. Why wouldn't they be this year? But you also got Jardel. Well, Ferro came in because Jardel got hurt. Yeah, but, uh, I, but now you got all of them in equal footing. I think Ferro solidified his position. I think right now Conti Conti's battle for 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 on the roster for playing time. I think it's he's he's competing directly with Jardel. I don't think it has anything to do with Ferro or Ruben Diaz. I think those two have solidified uh, their positions at Benfica, possibly even on the national team uh, for many years to come. I think that those two youngsters, um, you know, obviously you made a lot of fanfare about this. Uh, Alfredo, if you recall, for many for the last couple of years, you were talking about those two playing together, how familiar they were with yeah. the. B team on the U19, yada, yada, yada. And, and look, to their credit, they did not miss a beat. They came up to to to, to the squad, uh, you know, Ruben uh, uh, the year prior, and then Federal last year gets thrown in there, and, and just the kid took off. And I think that those two, that's Benfica's starting pair, unless one of them gets transferred or some crazy injury. I think that's the starting pair going into the season and, 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 and you know, and, and also for the foreseeable future. Jardel, fantastic leader, will be the number one captain on the team. I think somebody else, I don't even know, Salve Uga now, I don't know who the Brasileiro, probably on the Almeida. Almeida. Yeah. Almeida probably be the captain on the field when Jardel's not on the pitch, but I think that uh, Jardel and uh, Conti will be battling each other uh, to become that that third center back for when one of the guys is injured or or fatigued or suspended or whatever the case may be. Uh, but I think the battle is between Jardel and Conti. I think those are the two, Alfredo, untouchable. Yeah, that's uh, – but I, I completely agree with what you're saying, but I think that's going to be one of the big questions going into the into the season is who the center back pairing. But I think these three games in the United, uh, in the United States is gonna, are going to give us some, some clues – uh, as to who the center back pairing will be, because uh, the center back pairing is always a position in which the coach will want to see as much repetitiveness as possible and get as many reps to both to that tandem as possible. Alfred, I'm very comfortable in saying right now, okay? I'm saying around on Bifiga Pocket, I don't give a crap if Ruben and Ferro don't play a single minute in this ICC tournament. I will guarantee you. Come August 2nd. Come August 4th. Against Sporting in Algarve for the Super Tasa, those two will be your starters. All right, Dave, mark that down, bro. Yeah, and you know what? And and it's not like previous summers where in Ruben there was the rumors going around that Ruben uh, might be potentially leaving because you know what? This year we've already sold the Schwan Felix. We've made our our money, and I don't think the club is in need of having to sell uh, a Ruben Diaz. uh, So. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident that those two will also be the uh, starting center backs to start the season. 
Not to mention that uh, Luis Felipe Vieira personally asked George Mendes not to offer Ruben Diaz out. Yep. I mean, all signs point to those two being at Benfica, and hopefully for us Benficaistas, it would be beautiful to see both of those kids at Benfica for the next three years. It would just be a beautiful thing. We need to solidify the left-back position, the right-back position, but I think that those two positions, I mean, going forward, forget about it. Uh, unless they get shipped out, those are, two, those are your two cornerstones, man. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have another chance to, to speak about uh, what the squad needs. Um, Andre Almeida is yet to to log any minutes. Uh, Ebui also uh, struggling to, with uh, fitness to get playing time. Grimaldo has been getting uh, some playing time, and and again, uh, as long as the market is open, uh, Grimaldo's chances of leaving are always going to be up there. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm watching this Tavares kid, and I'm I'm liking what I'm watching. Calm on Tavares. Thank muita calma. Muita calma. No, I'm telling you, but there's muita calma with Tavares. There's muita calma. Let's not jump the ship already. I mean, look, he's the nice prospect, but stop. He's I I don't think he's ready. Um, well, let me ask you this: between Tavares and Ribeiro, who do you take? That's not even a question. I mean. Look, the fact I'll just answer like this, very, very politically correct. Obviously, it's Tavares because Ribeiro's no longer here. No, but if Tava if Ribeiro was there. Come on, bro. Do, do, <laughs> who asked this for? Solteiros and Casados. Era logo, pa. Era logo, man. But, nah, I mean, look, I, I think the kid's an interesting prospect, but just, uh, you know, let's calm down. I know a lot of people are praising him because he had a nice assist against Sanderlake, yada, yada, yada. Let's, let's calm down a little bit. Couple other uh, notes that I'll mention, and Dave, if you have anything else that you wanted to add, um, you can. Uh, and again, go on the premise that this is still early in the season, and there's a lot of training that's being done, especially the physical aspect. Uh, but I just wanted to mention a, uh, a couple things. Uh, Nun Tavares, as I mentioned, has been impressive. Uh, Florentino seems to me has disappointed me a little bit. Uh, with some of the playing that he's had. Again, I know that it's early. I don't know if there's different directives that he's getting from Brunelage, but he, he's getting caught in possession too much. Uh, he's missing some passes, and that's not very uh, that's not very uh, uh, Florentino for me. Florentino has always been very smooth, and although he's not a, a, a builder by nature, he's a guy that takes the ball, passes it, doesn't overcomplicate things, but... These couple two preseason matches that I've watched, I really uh, have been a little bit disappointed with him. Uh, the other guy that I wanted to mention is Tarapt. I think that Tarapt is, is doing the best that he can to really solidify a spot in that starting lineup, if not one of the first options off the bench. Cristiano, I know if you're you high on, on Tarapt. Well, if you paid me any attention, Alfredo, which obviously – for those of you that are listening, Alfredo and I have the pleasure of spending a lot of time together. And Alfredo has learned he's got this special knack, you know, that he just ignores the shit out of me. You know, I'm talking, he's looking at me dead square in the eye, like, you know, and then it's in one ear, out the other. Um, I think that's the only way he could actually hang out with me because I don't shut up. But nonetheless, if you actually paid me attention for a second and last podcast of last season, uh, Dave, my witness, when we talked about sell, loan, buy, uh, Rivaderci, whatever, I, I 
everything you just said about Florentino, I told you then you could have just saved yourself a lot of headaches and a lot of time by just selling them. Like I said, they should interrupt. I called you specifically. I told you that is going to be a very key part of this team this year. You laughed at me. I told you that might be the second guy behind Svetovic. He's going to be a huge part in this, uh, in this Benfica season, you know, barring injuries, whatever, because I do think that, Lodge appreciates him. Lodge has him motivated. He listens to Lodge, and he has that it factor. He has that ability to break a couple of players and do the unthinkable, and I think that pleases Lodge very much, and I think Tarapt is going to keep this up, and I think he'll be an important cog in this season come from Benfica. Dave? Well, you know, just for Florentino, his spot might not be uh, guaranteed on the starting 11 now with uh, Gabriel getting back to uh, fully uh, fit there. So uh, he's not guaranteed a spot there between Gabriel and Samadis in the, the middle there. So yeah, I'd like to see him turn it around. Uh, and uh, for Tarap, we'll see. The, I think the jury is still out on him. I'm, I definitely want to wish him all the best. Um and and he hopefully still has that potential to be a, a dangerous and key component for this team. Uh, I believe his contract is up at the end of uh, this season, so it is it is make or break uh, time for Tarapt on uh, Benfica. And guys, let's let's. I mean, I, I think we Benficaistas, and I'm gonna say us, our, you know, all of us, right? I'm not just gonna try to pat myself on the back because I uh, I obviously talk about the guy plenty, but. We Benficistas, we do a disservice to Gabriel. Gabriel is a phenomenal player, man. I don't think people realize how good he is. When he's in there for Benfica, Benfica is a totally different team. The guy oozes class. The guy could, you know, make the pass. The pin. There's nothing the guy can't do. I'm just so thrilled to have him back for Benfica because I think he is uh, – Probably Benfica's most important midfielder will link up play and transitions and and it's just it just he's just a joy to watch, guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, we saw we all saw last year when uh, he went down, the team definitely struggled there uh, towards the end of the season. Yeah, and, be I'm, and I'm gonna say Alfredo, sorry to cut you off. You're used to that. I'm gonna say it anyway. I don't care who it pisses off. All right, Gabriel being fit should get called up to the Portuguese national team, and I can't wait to see him on the Portuguese national team. Call uh, my ass up. <laughs> no, I, uh, look, I think that it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough uh, a tough comp uh, tough job for Florentino to crack, as you guys mentioned. Gabriel is is the one guy. He's probably one of the first guys that goes on my uh, starting eleven as I'm filling it out. Um, then you got Samadis, who we just renewed. I mean, did you just renew with Samadis to have him sit on the bench so Florentina could play? I it's it's difficult, um, but uh, we'll we'll see. Nonetheless, it's always good to know that Florentino is on the bench and he's a kid that could be learning from his time with the pros, could be learning with Lodge, could be learning uh, on on game game time experiences and and situations, uh, and he's a kid that could uh, that could come in and, and give his contribution especially because of his uh, of his lung if you will and his endurance that you need for that position and he's a guy that is a better destroyer than he is a builder and sometimes there's games that call for a destroyer not so much a builder uh so in that aspect i think that florentino will be very useful for benfica but I, right now as it stands i don't think he cracks that uh starting lineup for me in the middle of the park uh, so anyway, Dave, I don't know if you had anything else that you wanted to add in regard to these games, but we're gonna we're gonna move move on. 
Yeah, you know, it, I don't know if we want to get on the uh, off the field, whatever happened there in the 30th oh, minute yeah. against Academica. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate scenes between the both sets of uh, fans, but uh, Bruno Lage uh, hit it right on the uh, head at the uh, his uh, flash interview. You know, this is the stuff we got to get rid of in uh, Portuguese soccer. Doesn't matter if you're wearing green, black, blue, red. This shit has to stop. Uh, the uh, this uh, stuff was going on in in England in the eighties and nineties, and they they cleaned it up, and now it's a uh, top league in the world, right? They don't put up with that uh, crap anymore. So I no, think it's look, time uh, something gets uh, done in Portugal as well. Look, I agree, and just to give uh, everybody a a, a little uh, background on the story, so Benfica played that in in Coimbra at Estadio Municipal de Coimbra, uh, and apparently they, they put the Mancha Negra which is Coimbra's official clack. I don't know if they're official or not or non-official, but I think they're they're official. They put them in an area where it was very close to Benfica fans and Benfica fans being in their majority. Obviously, there's always things that are are uh, said, uh, words that are exchanged. Uh, but apparently there was some some families uh, where that that area was. And as soon as the cops came in, uh, to start kind of calming things down, everybody, the, some of the families started coming on to, uh, to the pitch. Uh, at that point, the game was interrupted. Then there was a Benfica fan that was sitting on the, on the little wall uh, that divides the, 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 track, uh, the track from the, from the stands. And somebody came and pushed him. Uh, he fell backwards, knocked his head on the, on the track, broke a, a, a vertebrae um he's in he's he's in a hospital uh and now there was all these things that happened and this isn't a preseason game so i have to question the way that this was set up uh the security aspect of it uh why wasn't separation between the 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 clock and the Benfica fans so there, there's a lot of questions here but i i i absolutely agree with uh, Bruno Lage that things like that attitudes like this and and these actions that are that are done by guys that are responsible that they don't think they have no regard for other human beings safety need to be looked by the portuguese justice system and be made an example as they've mentioned uh things were like that in england and now it's an atmosphere where families go you see women you see children you see families having a good time watching the game and that's the way that Pedro Proença should want this league to be to have that type of atmosphere to be safe for everyone I mean we're not too far removed from that afternoon in Guimarães in which a father was hit by the police brutally hit by the police in front of his child uh, we're not too far removed from that but I think that these are the type of situations where both the league and the Portuguese government and the authorities need to step in and make an example out of these things so people start taking these things serious and it doesn't turn into some kind of a, a war on the stands where people are going to get hurt and people are going to die. Uh, and this is on a preseason game. So uh, I hope that that Benfica fan will get better. Uh, the guy has been identified. He has turned himself into the police. He has been questioned, but I don't think he remained in jail. Uh, but it's it's. I agree with Brun Lage that these things should be getting looked at. These guys that go to football just to disrupt, just to be violent, should be made an example out of it. And I know that the Portuguese justice system could use a little help 
with the with the way that their penalties and and the prison time and jail time and so on and so forth but i think that they need to start making an example out of people in order for others to take a look and not follow the same steps irresponsible steps and create this violence around the, a game that everyone loves and that families want to go out and enjoy so it is what it is but i don't want it to be what it is it, the portuguese uh authorities should really uh really look at this and especially because if he's trying to make the league more popular uh you know then you should be making examples out of these situations yeah fix it before there's a, a life or two that is, that is uh cost because this is the road that it's leading down absolutely Cristiano, any thoughts on that before we move on as i was saying it's the ugly side of the game and, and hopefully they clear that up uh you know you want families you want to promote the game you want the youngsters to get into to get into football and and, and biggest way to promote the sport is by having children attend the matches and unfortunately the way that some people think it's 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 very hard for you um as a parent to take your kid into an atmosphere such as that and it's you know it's very concerning hopefully the authorities in the portuguese league and federation and and whomever comes you know uh, comes to a conclusion that there's something that needs to be done here, and hopefully uh, they'll take uh, the right steps in the near future. Absolutely. So next up, uh, Benfica uh, did travel to uh, the United States for their ICC particip participation. Uh, but before that, a guy that was with Benfica last year uh, when they uh, came to the International Champions Cup was Keaton Parks. Uh, Cristiano spent some time with Keaton Parks as, as NYCFC visited the Rebels at Red Bull Arena here in Harrison. Cristiano had some time to uh, to ask Keaton some questions. Uh, let's uh, let's hear it. What's going on, guys? I'm Cristiano Oliver. I'm sitting here with uh, our good friend Keaton Parks. Obviously, uh, for those of you that don't know, he still belongs to Bifiga, but he's on loan now with uh, NYCFC, I should say, in the MLS. And uh, with that, we start our questions with our good friend Keaton. Keaton, how have these first few months been in the MLS for you so far? Oh, they've been good. Um, the start was rough. I mean, I didn't get a lot of playing time, but I was always working hard in training. Uh, the team was was doing well, so uh, I just had to keep keep waiting for my opportunity. And uh, it's been good so far. I've been enjoying it a lot. The team's been doing good. Um, we're at a good spot on the table in, in the league right now, so uh, we're doing good. And you touched on my next question, which was going to be, the beginning of the season, you weren't getting a lot of minutes, and now it seems like you're playing regularly. What's changed? Uh, I mean, nothing really. Um, we had some absences for national team breaks and stuff like that. So uh, I got my opportunity and, and I, I took it, you know. Um, I've been working hard all year in training and everything and, and just trying to earn my spot. And and so I've just been ready all, all season and, and waiting for waiting for that. What's the biggest difference between MLS playing some of the football over in Europe? I mean, obviously, everybody gets asked this question, anybody that makes the jump over the pond. So, you know, I got to ask you too, Keaton. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just different levels of soccer you know uh, europe and they they live and breathe soccer you know or, or football every day all day and since the since their kids that football was their life um so i mean in that sense it's just it's just like a whole lifestyle there um but here it's 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 similar we all the players here we've been playing football since since we were kids as well so i mean it is our lifestyle um the fans are different the the people the fans the just like the culture of soccer is different in the U.S., obviously, but uh, but the level's good. The level in the MLS is is high. Um, it's growing as well. It's getting better every year, so uh, it's been good. How did it feel being voted uh, NYC's Player of the Month for the month of June? 
Me and felt good. Um, it just a little reward for for all the hard work I, I've been putting in this year. Um, I've finally got my opportunity and and I took it and I performed well and and it, it's a good little reward. Are you still following Benfica? <laughs> of course, yeah. I follow all the t all the guys on Instagram and Twitter and everything, and I talk to them a little bit. And I've been following their preseason so far. Thoughts on Juan Felix's big move to Atletico? Well deserved. <laughs> How do you think he'll adapt to uh, Cholo, uh, Simeone? I mean, obviously, um, he's known as a defensive coach, and Juan was a guy that needs a ball at his feet. Uh, how do you think that's gonna? That's I think the two of them are gonna link up together. Uh, I think I think he'll do really well at the start. He'll have to learn to defend a little bit more, but uh, I think once he gets that down, obviously he's a top level player. He has a lot of talent, a lot of uh, a big future ahead of him, and and he's. He's one of the best players I've played with at such a young age, so I, I think he's going to do, do fine and, and grow a lot there. Right, great, Keaton. Thank you for your time, man. Appreciate all the, all the love and wish you nothing but the best of the luck. Um, Alfredo uh, wishes he was here. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it, but he told me to say hello. And uh, you have an invitation for the podcast whenever you're available. Bro. All right. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And there it is, Cristiano. Great meeting, Keaton, as always. Um, what did he seem like? Was he in good spirits? He spoke about obviously the as MLS uh, as MLS's experience so far, and that he still follows Benfica. What else were you able to take out of Keaton? I mean, unfortunately, man, that Keaton, along with his teammates, uh, presidents, GMs, coaching staff, you name it, directors, anyone that was tied to NYC, he was very upset because of shenanigans that went on in the game. Uh, but Keaton still seemed very, uh, you know, very content to. To be speaking to us was very high spirits, and he had nothing but praise uh, for Benfica and, and, and the people over in Portugal that took care of him. And uh, it's always good to see him. Man. He's a good friend of the pod, and uh, I'm, I'm glad he's finally doing well here at, y, uh, at the NYCFC. And uh, we wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, absolutely. So Keaton had some. He struggled early on to get some playing time. Uh, there was a break uh, in MLS for Copa America. And Gold Cup, uh, the, which are the tournaments that are hel held on this uh, on this side of the world, Keaton had some playing time, grabbed the spot. Has been a regular for NYCFC. He was actually voted, uh, as you heard in the interview, the June Player of the Month uh, by NYCFC uh, fans. So, kudos to Keaton for for keep work keeping uh, working hard and waiting for his chances, being patient for his chances, and then really grabbing his chances by the horns. Well, the one thing you'll never question about Keaton Parks is his mentality and his attitude, and I think uh, those are two aspects of his game that, that that he's very strong in. So I'm glad to, to see he worked through the tough times. But look, just like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast about Raul de Tomas and, and Caio uh, Lucas. Is that his name? Lucas Caio? What's yeah. his Caio Lucas. Yeah, just like we talked about them, the same same situation happened for Keaton, going to a totally different country, a totally different league, needed to adapt to his teammates, adapt to surroundings, and uh, hopefully, you know, the same way he's been able to adapt and turn turn his season around here at, at, at NYCFC. Hopefully, those guys have been figure able to do the same. But you know, it's part of football, man. Things don't just click. Not everybody just you know snaps their fingers and all of a sudden, um, you know, everything is perfect. So. Kudos to Keaton, uh, right mentality. Um, but that's one aspect that that I, I will never question about Keaton Parks. Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, kudos to Keaton and thanks for spending some time uh, with Cristiano and answering his questions. Um, turning our attention now to the ICC, Benfica traveled to 
uh, the U.S.'s West Coast, namely San Francisco, this uh, this early this week. Um, 28 players traveled. Uh, Vlakodimus, Vilar, and Zlobin were the goalkeepers that Brun Lage brought in. As far as defenders go, uh, Andre Almeida, uh, which is still recovering from an injury, but he traveled with the team. Ferro, Jardel, Ruben Dias, Nun Tavares, Conti, João Ferreira, Grimaldo, and Ebuí. Uh, midfielders Florentino, Pizzi, Faisev, Chiquinho, Rafa, Samaris, Gabriel, Caio, Lucas, Zivkovic, who has just joined the team, Servi, Tarapt, Tiago, Dantes. Um, I'm not sure whether or not Jetson, I know that Jetson's recuperating from a fractured uh, toe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if he traveled with, uh, with the team or not. There's conflicting reports between Record and Ebola. I'm not sure if he did or not, but we'll get to see him uh, soon. Uh, forwards, Raul de Tomas, Seferovic, and Jota. So Cadiz didn't even come uh, to uh, to the, the U.S. tour. Uh, and as I mentioned, he picked up an injury against Anderlecht and, and has not been uh, available to play. So some cuts already being made here, Cristiano, by Bruno Lage. Uh, João Ferreira, which we'll get into in a little bit, uh, most likely will end up uh, either leaving camp midway or or leaving Benfica once he um once he returns to Lisbon he's been talked about uh in a deal with uh for Perin with uh, Juventus we'll get into that in a little bit um but uh, 28 players Cristiano 28 players do you still find 28 players to be a lot at this point in the se- in the preseason no absolutely not considering when you're traveling to a whole different continent you're going to play uh three games within you know eight days, eight days. Um, you know, you got training. You just want to make sure that all these guys are up to par. They're all caught up physically. They're all caught up tactically with, with the Brun Lage's system and, 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 you know, in this tactical standpoint in case that, in case there is injuries early on that these kids, you know, the, the younger ones and the seniors, whatever it may be that you want, they want to all be ready to go when the whistle blows, you know, for the official games. So, um, I think, look, in, in years past, they brought 31 players. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I mean, they'll find a way to rotate them all. Yeah, if you recall that uh, that one year where we went, I remember Steve Santos saying, this looks like a soccer camp. <laughs> there was so many players, so many guys kicking a ball around. It just looked like a soccer camp, for real. Uh, but, yeah, 28 players, I mean, albeit not yet uh, at the number that uh, will, will, will be finalized by Brunelage, uh, nonetheless, we got guys here from from the B team that will probably end up going to the B team. But as Cristiano mentioned, three games in eight days is a lot, especially for this time of preseason when there's a lot of uh, double and sometimes triple sessions that this team is uh, going. Dave, excited about having Bifico on this side of the pond. I know that you won't have a chance to uh, watch any of the, or watch any of those games live. Uh, but still, always a good thing to uh, to have uh, Benfica on this side. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've made my feelings heard about uh, them not crossing the uh, the northern border, but that's uh, another that's for another podcast. But yeah, you guys uh, get to enjoy them there in the states. I know a lot of Canadians are going to be traveling down uh, to watch uh, Benfica, and uh, like we've said, this is. The, the biggest uh, tournament, uh, summer soccer uh, tournament in the world. So 
uh, Benfica can attach their brand to this uh, this tournament. It helps out the the club and uh, helps out the fans on this side of the pond as well. Absolutely. So the schedule as it stands on the 20th, uh, Benfica will play Shivas. That's uh, this weekend If as we record this. On the 25th, that's midweek next week, Benfica will play Fiorentina at the RBA, Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey. Then on the 28th, Benfica will travel up to Massachusetts to play Milan at Gillette Stadium, home of uh, the New England Patriots. So uh, both Cristiano and I are going to be uh, at the... Uh, the, the games here on the east, east coast fiorentina and milan so if you see us uh come by and say hello we'll uh we hope to to meet uh many of you guys out there so uh looking forward to to meeting a bunch of uh a bunch of the, the guys that we usually know i know that mario and the rest of the gang will be traveling from from canada so we'll look forward to seeing those guys as we speak um, rumors in Portuguese media and even Italian media reporting that. Oh, I- yeah. Sorry. I forgot about that. I was going to get into that. Well, that's what I'm here for. Uh, Matias Perin is finally coming to Benfica. Uh, Benfica has uh, messed around uh, with this romance of adding Matias Perin since his Genoa days. It goes back to 2013 when he was very young. He is, uh, you know, was a very good goalkeeper prospect. And they finally. Uh, were able to bring their crush uh, on board, it seems like. And uh, the young kid, Juan Ferreira, will be going the other way to Juventus. Um, wish him the best, but, you know. Here's what I'm uh, hearing in regard to Perin. 15 million, which will make him the most expensive uh, goalkeeper Benfica has ever bought, beating Roberto, uh, which was the, the highest before. Uh, and Juan Ferreira, right back, 18 years old, would go again. This is not official. We'll go on loan to Juventus, and uh, we know that uh, Juventus and and Juan Cancelo is is probably looking to to make the jump out of Juventus. So uh, Juan Ferreira would just be somebody to add to their depth chart as far as right backs go. Um, loan with the twelve million option to buy at the end of the con- uh, of the loan contract, which would be uh, next. June, at the end of June. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Salvio to Boca is is probably done at this point. Uh, just, I mean, it, the, the the president pretty much announced it. His wife pretty much pretty much has announced it. I, I think it's 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 as good as done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not official yet, but I think oh, that as yeah. Cristiano mentioned, um, it's it's as good as done because there's a lot of parties are, are already speaking. Uh, Towards that six million uh, for uh, half is what uh, what Boca has paid. No, or are you hearing something else, Cristiano? Seven million, eight million for fifty percent of his pass. Okay. Uh, no, it's roughly six million, seven million. Who cares? I mean, we're not going to see a penny of it, but Benfica will, and hopefully they'll turn that around and bring in some some other quality players. I mean, I'm very excited to see what Benfica's been able to do for the bank accounts, but now it's very important that they turn it around and spend it wisely, um, reinforce this roster so we can make uh, some type of a run in the European competitions. I know it's preseason, but you know me. I'm always looking ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. And with Salvio uh, leaving, then it looks like that uh, that kid Neto from uh, was it? What was he at? Lazio. Lazio. The Braga. 
will yeah the two Braga kids will become a reality there was uh, some polarizing opinions on whether or not if he should spend be spending that much money on two unproven kids uh but with salvi going out uh, there's a possibility that uh, benfica will look uh to close out that deal whether it's going to be a, a two for one or just a one player uh i'm not really sure but that will open the door um and speaking of uh of Young kids, Eddie Bertu, uh, who spent last uh, last season at Murerens, will be going to Bovista on loan. That's been made official. Uh, and also one last tidbit of, of news. Uh, Benfica has confirmed that they have sold 43,741 red passes uh, for the upcoming season. That's a 6.4% increase from last uh, season. And just to give you a little bit of perspective, uh, during the 2013-2014 season, Benfica sold 19,000 uh, red passes. In the 16-17 season, Benfica sold 32,000. Uh, and again, the stadium holds 64.6. Um, Benfica sold 43.7. So it looks like there would all be roughly uh, 20,000 seats up for sale for the general public or... For the sausage, Cristiano, what do you what do you make of this increase in popularity? Uh, you think that, and we we know the struggles that that the Portuguese public in general has with their finances, but do you think that this is something because of what they've seen from Laje and the attractive soccer that brought that Lages brought to Benfica? You think that fans are excited to see Benfica? Of course, man. I think, look, and when we're talking about season tickets, Alfredo, majority of those, let's, they're nowhere near season season tickets here in, in North America where we're accustomed to, all right? Yeah. Uh, finances over there might, might, might not, you know, might be dried up in some places, but, um, you know, they're very affordable tickets. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy that the public is turning out. And obviously, the demand is greater than, than, than it has been in years past. Uh, but lots of, a lot of that has to do with the fact that Benfica, won the title and, and you know look things look promising heading into this season again everybody's very motivated and excited with Bruno Lage I mean the guy is is an absolute phenom um and so look it's Benficaistas I mean it is what it is it's exactly what we expect this should be like this every single season um that stadium should be sold out uh packed to the gills every single uh game and so uh I couldn't be happier absolutely and I now it's really it We'll, uh, we'll say goodbye to you uh, guys, and we'll see you next week. Don't forget to follow Cristiano at 10CO10, Dave uh, 87DO87, at Befica Podcast, BeficaPodcast.com. Planet Befica, I haven't mentioned those guys in a while. João e Manel, always good Hi, to see Manel, what's up? Always good to see those guys. Uh, it's a pleasure. That's all we got. Next week, we'll be back. We'll offer our opinion on both uh, the on the Shivas game, I don't know if we're going to record prior to Fiorentina or after to Fiorentina. We'll have to to well. see. But again, you will have our opinion as we will be watching the team very closely since they're on the side. So, thank you very much for checking this out, Cristiano. Always a pleasure, Dave. See you, buddy. Great to be on. Have a good night, guys. Ciao, Laura. <laughs>